Welcome to the Three Clones Podcast, a concoction stirred up by three wise women to encourage us all to step into power and build legacy. I'm Virginia. Three Crones Podcast is envisioned as an audio women's circle, a sacred space to get to know and to get comfortable with our truest selves. I'm Tamara. We'll talk about it all. Mythology, religion, history, yoga, movement, nourishment, sex, spirituality, rebellion, and death, and anything wild women the world over feel an urgency to uncover and share. I'm Susan, and we're three crones in the woods. What could go wrong? Well, welcome to our next iteration of three crones. We're all together, at least virtually, moaning about the fact that we haven't seen each other in quite some time, and there's so much going on in our lives. I'm Virginia, and I hope to be leading a sort of talk, discussion, experiential purging, as it were, perhaps, of a topic that's near and dear to me, and that is our Earth, our Gaia, and how she was worshipped as an entity just a few short thousands of years ago, and it's not that long in human history. As a goddess herself, our planet, as a goddess, and how we are so plugged into that as creatures of this planet, and how we have basically fucked with it and messed it up because we think it's right. But before we dive into all this, I want to acknowledge uh, the fact that there is so much pain and suffering on this earth brought about, you know, there's natural sufferings, of course, earthquakes and hurricanes and tornadoes and fires. But boy, we as humankind do our more than our part to bring suffering and cruelty and pain into this into this world. And Ukraine is yet another example, but we all have our personal sufferings of pain, of being with partners who are in pain and suffering, of having death. I personally lost a dear, dear friend not so long ago. Susan is just back from a funeral that is, was the death of, untimely death of a young woman. So, It's not just war, but boy, war has really been on my heart and mind. So to open, I would like to do sort of a meditation. And this is something, even if you're driving and listening to our podcast, this is something you can do even as you're driving. And this is just a breath awareness. So if we can settle for just a moment, If you have the opportunity to put both feet on Gaia, plug into this earth, think about yourself settling into the arms of the great mama and allowing her to wrap you in her stability and her compassion, her ability to take it all in. So you breathe in and you breathe out. And if you can slow your breath and become aware that this this oxygen, this atmosphere that surrounds Gaia is actually quite thin. 
breathing that in and then exhaling and you're adding into this thin layer of air that has surrounded us for eons. So you breathe in maybe pain and suffering and you breathe out compassion and ease. This is possibly one of the greatest attributes as sentient beings that we possess, and that is our ability to transform. We breathe in pain and suffering. We transform it to compassion. And I'd like to read a poem to kick us off here called Wage Peace, and it's by a woman, Judith Hill, and that's spelled J-U-D-Y-T-H Hill. Wage peace. Wage peace with your breath. Breathe in firemen and rubble. Breathe out whole buildings and flocks of red-winged blackbirds. Breathe in terrorists and soldiers. And breathe out sleeping children and freshly mown fields. Breathe in confusion and breathe out maple trees. Breathe in the fallen and breathe out lifelong friendships intact. Wage peace with your listening. Hearing sirens, pray loud. Remember your tools, flower seeds, clothespins, clean rivers, make soup. Play music, memorize the words for thank you in three different languages. Learn to knit and make a hat. Think of chaos as dancing raspberries. Imagine grief as the outbreath of beauty or the gesture of fish. Swim for the other side. Wage peace. Never has the world seemed so fresh and precious have a cup of tea and rejoice. Act as if armistice has already arrived. Celebrate today. Whoa, Ms. Hill, that's amazing. So breathing in all that is troubling us, whether it's our own pain or the pain that surrounds this earth, breathing that in and transforming it is a great gift. It's one that the mother herself has given us, Gaia herself has given us. So my dearies, Tamara, Susan, talk to me about how you're breathing peace. Well, thank you for reminding me that Tonglen is a practice I can utilize right now. I mean, I think my overwhelming experience of life day to day at this point in time is one of huge frustration this this just terrible weight of what the fuck can i do about the state of the world you know what how can i be utilize my gifts and talents to do something and my little actions in my little life seem so inconsequential. This Buddhist breath practice of 
breathing in for everyone else, being willing to take on the experience of disaster (laughs) and breathing out a good cup of coffee and relief and safety and home and health and joy is a really powerful, powerful practice. And I hadn't thought of it. I've been meditating quite a lot and praying quite a lot. And of course, I have some poems to share today, too, along those lines. But I really appreciate you reminding us that that's a way in. And when we when we take that action, sometimes, sometimes innovative thoughts come sometimes an an idea arises or just a renewed faith that all can be well you know thanks yes and 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 i'd like to think and maybe this is a pipe dream and a an imagining of an over uh, overly vivid imagination but what if as we breathe in, we can actually take a little piece of that suffering out, pull it out of the the circuit that is, you know, that is the sort of world experience, the Spiritus Monday. We take a little piece of that suffering out. And as I said, I truly believe our greatest gift as sentient beings is our ability to transform energy. We are we are the transformative energy, the transformative machines of energy on this planet. We're one of them at least. And consciously we can take in the suffering, transform it and release something else. And yeah, we can only do it a little bit at a time because we're little people. But it makes a difference. And we're adding, you know, it's like composting. I'm composting, but, you know, most of the earth does not. But I'm doing what I can. And this is, you know, taking out what would be the worst of the Spiritus Monday and transforming it and putting something beautiful back. Breathing in sirens, you know, we breathe out moan, freshly moan fields of grass. Okay, (laughs) I can do that, you know, so. I think for me, oh, there's so much to, to, to bring in there, but the image of, which is sort of such a classic image that we all know of the fact that every little drop of water creates a hole, creates an ocean, creates a river, creates... And that that tiny drop, that, that you, that me, that person that we feel is so on its own, is just so, seems so pointless, like not pointless, but how can, like Susan said, how can we, how can we really feel that we make a difference? And when that is joined, when that just, that little drop is dropped into the larger, that drop doesn't remain that little drop. It's immediately you know, joined together and emerging with all the rest of the other little drops to create the whole. And, and this for me is a really helpful image, just also in the breathing exercise, just to breathe in this little, breathe in the little drop Mm, and breathe out the ocean. And just that whole kind of 
image that lem you could look at it as like a lemniscate too where it's just it's continuous and i you know i just i need those little those nuggets to hold on to in these times because they are on the mega world platform and in my very own home it's the mirror image it's a mirror image right now for me yeah. it's about i am i am battling i am battling watching witnessing i'm witnessing the person i love go through incredible trials and um trying to support and that's a it's a it's a real yeah it's a real it's a real place tell you that much <laughs> yeah it's it's super yeah. true you know this as yeah. above so below and then and then that's where the point of action like the turning point or the tipping point as you will like this like the drop my drop my experience if i can create peace love and balance you know right here there's this thought that i mean in terms of gaia this thought that uh, the way we treat our bodies is the way we treat the earth so if we're coming just to nature trying to restore this beautiful world that we live in then you know we're starting with ourselves our own systems our own rivers our own you know tributaries all of that and then in then in our family units like i this is this is part of why i'm so devoted to this project we've begun you know yeah why a podcast i think so many of us are sitting in the in that seat of frustration with the world at large so many assaults like endless assaults on what we know to be holy and true and worthwhile and beautiful right everything is being attacked and and how to how to hold that reality and still be full of hope and connection and and fun <laughs> you know is one of the reasons that i want so much to get our voices out there i mean the the what you know we're we are three privileged white women and our struggles are super real right now like our individual personal struggles are like huge I know that everybody else is feeling what we're feeling. You know, I spend a lot of time with women of all ages and we're all in this battle. Like you're saying, it's a battle. I, my body hurts. My, my mind is confused. My, you know, this is what I'm hearing from everyone. The emotions are all over the place. How can we be useful and helpful and compassionate in this time that's that's why you know i wanted to talk to you guys and i don't i don't have the answers i, I just know that we have to keep the we have to keep this conversation running yeah 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 
That's true, and I do get very, I want to pull back. I don't want to see everything that's going on in Ukraine, CNN putting out all those horrible images. I have to go to BBC, so I, they, I just hear what some very clear, soft-spoken English woman has to say about, you know, the problems. In, but it's not in my face like it is in American TV. So I do, I've pulled back that way. But there's a tendency in me to withdraw, shut down, and just n- curl into a little ball physically and psychically, for sure, and just not pay attention because it's too much. It just feels like it's way too much. I can't do anything about it. So why, you know, why even pay attention? But then I hear the understanding, the voice, the witness inside of me that says, but you can breathe. Right. I can't change the pain in my shoulder or my back or my knee, but I can breathe. I can breathe. And that's the only thing that's made a difference in this past hellish month or six weeks is breath. Yeah. I I I like the imagery, too, of you curling into a ball, like the withdrawal. There's this pulsation in our lives where we must retreat and then we can open again. And that's exactly the way the breath is. You know, we, we completely fill, we, yes. we completely fill and then we have to empty and pull back. And so it's not unnatural. Like that's the thing I'm trying to help people who are in my periphery understand. This is, this is the reality of life, right? We're not, you know, we are, we're all hoping for a peaceful, harmonious existence maybe in the next 30 years that i still have on the planet i'm going to see some some major changes happen will the patriarchy fall will these you know will the overstructure that is harming all of us disintegrate hopefully if that's going to happen shit is going to hit the fan mamas like we're like this is not going to be a joy ride this is no sunday drive in out into the country we're in for it right we already know that we're already feeling that right and it's always been that you know life is half marvelous half miserable like the like how do we breathe in breathe out breathe in breathe out like that that is a beautiful image the retreat and the opening the retreat and the opening i i just want us all to stay with it Uh, let me share let me share what will i share (laughs) tomorrow why don't you talk while i decide what i'm gonna share (laughs) (laughs) well i think i think the 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 retreating is so important and before we actually turned on Virginia and I were talking about you know Gaia as the womb the womb Mm. of the earth and how we are you know we all yearn for that place of darkness that place of retreat and instead of seeing it as a sort of a cop-out it really isn't it's really if we don't turn inward if we don't go that's why the sweat lodges exist saunas places of of refuge the red tent any of these places and all held and by women you know in in a way of like creating recreating 
outside of ourselves, the womb that we can physically go into. I mean, these, you know, Virginia was speaking of this incredible shrine in Malta. I think you should just quickly share that because I, I really, I really think these are the, these are the places, these are the things we need. We need to actually recreate that because cultures still still have those traditions but we've lost so much of that now we've lost so much of that ability to go inside you know we need help we need that we need a physical and a ritualistic format mm. to really to really experience that so that so that we can breathe and come back so that yes. we can come back yes. out then and and rejuvenated, so to speak, and take that thread. You know, it's like Aria. It's like yes, and it's it, like Demeter going down into into the earth to find Persephone. It is. We have to go in. We have to go deep, and we need each other for that. Yeah, it is. I think important to have community of some sort of like-minded people who come together and retreat. <laughs> to really reconnect with ourselves. So, thank, and, and thank you, Susan, for reminding me that when I curl in my little psychic ball, I'm not a bad person right. for doing that. It's not That's like... That's conditioning. Because uh, yeah. really in that little psychic ball, I eat the shit out of myself. Well, you lazy, why don't you get up right. and, you know, and boy, I need to turn those voices off. And get back to, okay, this means I need, I need replenishing. I need to replug. Yeah. I need to yeah. breathe. So yeah, thanks, th Susan. And thank you. Tomorrow, it's best done in community where two or more are gathered together. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that those voices are the over, the voices of the overculture, this training. We've got to be productive. We have to stand up. We've got to... You know, we can't we can't sit back like uh, like it's ridiculous how we self harm in in the moments when we really do need to replenish ourselves. We need to regroup. If if I can't get balanced, right? I can't expect my addicted son to get balanced. I can't expect the community to take on you know environmental concerns. I can't expect the wars to stop. Like if I if I, in my own body and presence, can't find equilibrium, I can't expect to see it around me, right? I think maybe this is the one I'll, I'll share now. It's called Healing Beyond Healing, written by one of my favorites, Jeff Foster. He says, sometimes when you heal, your body gets all better. Infections leave, wounds disappear. You feel happier, brighter more positive. Sometimes healing looks very, very different. An infection stays, an old pain resurfaces. You don't feel healed at all. You feel worse than ever. Powerful and uncomfortable feelings emerge, rage, deep sorrow, terrors you never knew were in you. Ah, but they were, friend. They were. This is healing too, this falling apart. 
The image of healing has been shattered. The image was false. Trust. Trust the energies that are moving through you now. You may feel worse, yes, but you're getting better at living. You are experiencing a deeper kind of healing, one which doesn't match the mind's fantasies. Mm. This is reintegration, a death and a rebirth. Darkness emerging into light. All the bits you ran away from coming to you now for love and acceptance. Throw away your childhood fantasies of healing. Fall apart. Lose the future. Die into the now. Break apart for love. You are whole. Even though your dreams have been shattered, this is true healing then. Recontacting the wholeness that you are. Mm. That's powerful. Read that line again where he said something about it may not feel good or I'm sorry. <laughs> I just want to hear that part again. <laughs> you don't feel healed at all. You feel worse than ever. Powerful and uncomfortable feelings emerge, yes, yes. rage, deep sorrow, terrors you never knew were in you. Ah, but they were, friend. They were, you know, this is reminding me, too, of, the, of you know, righteous rage. I mean, of course, we should be feeling intense emotion and sensation right now. It is not fucking OK what's happening. It's not. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm not going to pretend I should, you know, I'm not going to gloss over that at all. No, it's it's not OK. It's not OK at all. And and uh, tomorrow and I were talking about even set apart all the human suffering. If you look at the destruction of the earth, that hurts me, too. And it's not that. It's not that I don't care about the women and children and old people or even the daddies and the brothers and the sons who are dying and suffering on both sides. It's not that I don't care, but I also see this enormous scarring of our earth, a desecration of the land, of the planet. And that, that hurts me too on a really cellular level. And it sounds sort of unfeeling to even bring that up in the face of human suffering. But it's very real for me. I would like to interject. Yeah, I have something I'd like to read because I think it fits right exactly to what you just said in terms of the, the earth and then also our personal, how we are part of her and, and how our development as humans is intrinsically connected to the earth. This is from a book that I've been reading, which is actually called The Daughters of Gaia. And it is written by a man who goes through this sort of transformation of realizing his femininity and coming to terms with the image of the goddess within him. Because of course, she lives within all human beings, not just us women. But this part is, is just, it's beautiful. This is the time when to dissolve the blockage in the gentlest way possible, 
the virgin goddess tries to touch the intimate hearts of millions of people upon the earth simultaneously, inspiring them to move into the same transformative process on the personal level that, as a cultural collective, they refuse even to hear about. In this lies the hope of our future, transmuted from the inside through countless and most diverse personal efforts, the general blockage could collapse in an instant and free the way forward. This means that working on oneself and one's personal transformation process is, due to the special resonance between the individual and the earth as a whole, the individual and Gaia as a whole, equivalent to saving the life of the planet. By revealing my experiences in this kind of earth healing work, that's the author speaking, and talking publicly about this pur its purpose, I try to inspire my fellow human beings to do their part in a more conscious and therefore more effective way. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So our work, the work that we do, the work that we're doing, the, this, this, what would, you know, it does matter and it does have an effect. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think just, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't get shocked by tears. Like I'm a good crier. <laughs> I sort of love to cry. I know how rejuvenating, you know, weeping can be. And some part of what you just read, you know, m moved me to tears. I, I think that's a practice. I think sitting still and finding my body is a practice. I am circling, of course. You know, I held a private women's circle last night. And to a one, the women were distraught in their own ways and also full of laughter and that opportunity to just circle and spend time together outside of the demands of a normal life you know is really really beneficial reading the poems honestly i mean i <laughs> i <laughs> i've I, I found one, one of the other ones that I'll just hold on reserve for a minute is Clarissa Pinkola Estes. And the printout I had of it, I just thought it was the poem. But when I looked, it's a long letter that I wrote to my community the day after the election in 2016. We actually touched on this a couple of episodes ago where the the self-kindness you know radical self-care and and I had said that you know step 1 is is kindness to ourselves step 2 is kindness to others these steps have never been any different than this I've come to this place over and over and over again where well I don't I don't know what to do. Part of this letter is telling my community that my studio is a safe house. If you need somewhere to go, you, I'm here. Like, come to mm -hmm. me. I, I, don't, I don't know what, I don't know how else to, to frame it other than we just keep coming back. We come back to the breath. We come back to each other. We come back to my personal body. Like, 
like I can think about, oh, am I doing the healing things? Am I in touch with my chakras? Am I, am I, are my shoulders away from my ears? Like I can think about it conceptually, but am I actually in the soma? Am I in those, those tiny little trickles of blood? Am I, am I connected to my bone, to my womb space? That's a practice. Yeah. That's helpful. Yeah. And then all the the jazz. So, you know what? Why don't I why don't I share this one reading that I think is a little more hopeful, a little more exciting and perhaps inspiring. This is this is Toko Pa Turner, something I think a lot of us have heard before but always worth repeating. I want to be alive with you. I want to be guided by older ups. I want babies to be born where old people die. I want to be sandwiched in the middle of a messy togetherness. I want to be warned before I do something stupid. And I want to be forgiven when I do it anyway. (laughs) I want wisdoms to be tapped out Mm. on my eardrums and not Googled. Mm. I want transitions to be recognized by fire. I want gifts to be adduced from children and teenagers and adults. And I want to mean something to my community. I want to get drunk on substance morning and night. I want to hear your dreams. I want to raise a revolution for gentleness. I want to call out the bullshit on consensus reality. I want to get rich so I can billboard the highways with validations. I don't want to be another faker. I don't want to show you my good side and hide my humanity. I don't want to dole you out myself in digestible status chunks. I want to challenge you in long, drawn-out rituals and still find you interested. I want to feed you 17-course meals I made with spices I crushed. I want to recite you circular poems, each beginning cutting a deeper grasp. I want to make you feel something, even if it's awkward. I want to sing you songs which are ancient and new. I want to carve stories in trees with tools my elders fashioned. I want to keep sharpening them. I want to find places we've never been, and then I want to return there, but backwards. I want to shuffle up words so we don't sleep through them. I want to learn things and then be splashed into never forgetting. I want to make you feel seen. I want to hold your pounding heart in my gentlest of hands. I want to make your thing feel like my thing. I don't want to miss a moment. I want to dig at the bottom and find it false. I want to turn up unknown depths. I want to stand in this hurricane and sing the sweetest, most naked song you can bear. I want to be alive with you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you. Well, there's so many parts of that that really hit me. Thank you for reading that. You know, I I had this, what I thought was such a viable outline to talk. This is one reason, with this podcast, this is one reason we can't really put out an outline of what we're going to talk about 
and I say this to our whole community here because we get into our thing and it's wonderfully distracting. We start digging down to get at the bottom of something. And then when we dig deep enough, we say, <laughs> oh, that's not even the bottom. We can dig a little deeper. So this notion of turning things around, whether it's turning around the destruction of the earth or turning around the destruction of a country or turning around the pain mm. that we feel as individuals, it's not easy. As you said, I thought you might read the Clarissa Pinkola Estes where she talks about we were born for this. This is not, right. this is not an easy time, but you've got the tool. You've got the stuff. And even though I know <laughs> I know all the tools, sometimes the only tool that I can remember is breath because I have to do it anyway, right? So I might as well make it conscious. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so... <laughs> mm. So tomorrow, when you're feeling overwhelmed and disconnected, what do you do to re-plug and return, return what you're feeling? Well, I think I'll, I'll tell you what I used to do, and it didn't work. <laughs> and then what I, yeah, because what I used to do <laughs> is avoid. Avoid, let's say it, it was so uncomfortable that I would, I don't know, let's just watch a movie, go shopping. I mean, those are, you know, just do something that distracted me away from it. And I didn't drop down. Now I have learned through years, <laughs> you know, this is, as we have to remember, we are crones and it's taken probably way too long for me to realize. But And now I actually... I feel it. If I have the presence of mind in that moment, I might actually write, just write how I'm feeling. There might be a lot of curse words in there. There might be whatever it is, just going to write. The thing that really works the best but is hard to do for me sometimes, especially in the winter up here, like today, that would be really challenging. We have a snowstorm, is put on my boots and walk walk it off, walk it out, because I don't feel that's an avoidance. I feel that is actually getting into my body, connecting to the earth, really walking it out. Of course, I do also curl into fetal position and say, you know, but again, I remind myself, as we said earlier, that that's also okay. Pull up a blanket on the couch. I find if I lie, I can only do this in the daytime. And it's beautiful. It's such an amazing experience. If I lie on my couch in full light, put a blanket up to my chin, lie basically in corpse pose or on the floor, I can fall asleep in within 10 minutes and wake up again maybe 10, 15 minutes later and feel like I have, I have gone down, I've gone into that well. And that is actually, that and the walking are the most rejuvenating things that that really helped me yeah 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 that well that brings us right back to this the idea of soma and gaia and being all connected every single part yeah. of us yeah. right 
there's a, you know, you said turn around, return, right? And years ago, well, years and years ago, I went to Mexico and there on the highway, there's there's the U-turn over and over again. Like if you're on that route, like south of Cancun, and the, the Spanish word is retorno. I came back from the trip and my my priest at the time in the Episcopal Church had sermon about retorno. This idea of coming back to yourself. Yeah. The I the in the in the healing passage I read before, coming back to the wholeness that you are, those moments of lying in death in savasana in giving over and surrendering to the fact that we are integral aspects and and the quirks and quirks of liveliness and aliveness and beauty that without us it it isn't like that it's not you so you you come back you turn around whether it's a god uh, you know what whatever this highest spiritual entity is for each of us you turn back to that you turn back to yeah i'm fucking connected to all of it and and i am breathing i'm alive and and i'm gonna soften and i'm gonna quiet but I, then i'm gonna move like the movement of it that pulsation and and somehow like you're like the walking right that or dance you know following the breath feeling the belly rise and fall recreates that pulsation that that inhale and exhale that is life and then we're contributing then we're we're ourselves we're valid we're whole and we're a part of the regenerative energy, this idea, Virginia, that that we change the energy. We have that agency to change, change energy. Yeah. yeah. It's critical. Right, right. I remember that and this is an aside. I remember at the end of end of one of my yoga trainings, and this was at the Himalaya Institute upstate. Pennsylvania, one of the teachers there who, you know, had been teaching, she's been teaching forever and ever, and she was teaching us for weeks and weeks on end, and she finally said, the reason we do these yoga postures, each of these yoga postures is a yantra. It's a machine for changing energy, and when you are in a specific posture, you are shifting the energy into a given vibration and I thought way to bury the lead woman I mean that's <laughs> that's why we do triangle pose right we're trying to get this sort of triangle energy into the world so yeah I I really believe and maybe it's a pie in the sky thing but I really believe that we are the agents of yeah. transformation uh, 
so we were we were supposed to be talking about Gaia, and yeah, we are, and we're talking about self care and why it's all important because it's all connected. But before we sat down and started doing this podcast several days ago, I had sent Susan and Tamara these little YouTube presentations on trophic cascades. So little YouTube clips on how whales change climate and how wolves, the return of wolves to Yellowstone has changed the rivers in Yellowstone. And you would think, oh, well, of course, wolves in Yellowstone, they're going to get, rabbits will get eaten and deer will get eaten. Yeah, and that happens. But it also has created more rabbits and created more. So there is this potential in many creatures for dynamic change, not only internally, because we are more internally focused creatures. Perhaps, perhaps we are more than whales or wolves. I won't bet on that. But we are internally focused. We have the capacity to shift everything. If wolves and whales can do it, of course we can. Of course we can. And so far, we've only shifted the climate really toward destruction. We have the capacity to change that. We have the capacity, I firmly believe, to stop war. We have that capacity. All we have to do is stop. We have the capacity to change our actual body, to change ourselves, to change our lives. Now, I'm still working on the, the details on that one, but <laughs> when I get to it, we'll, we'll have a whole podcast around <laughs> it. But Gaia herself is evolving and changing, and we're part of it. Our bodies are becoming something every day, and the conscious the consciousness that we put into that affects what we become. Yeah. I love what you talked about the yantras and the yoga poses. You know, my students are probably a little tired of me reminding them over and over again, you know, in the, in the West yoga is, it has become is quite performative. You know, there's, there's a, you know, it looks like it looks like it's about, flexibility and acrobatics a lot you know being young and lithe and able to do crazy things with your body and I obviously am outside the box on everything and what I tell my students there's so many benefits to the yoga right so many amazing things that can happen for you but here's the reason we practice babies We practice, we move our bodies to find our bodies, period. Where is my fucking body? I am constantly in my head. I am, I am always thinking, looking out there and I don't even know. I don't even know what my body feels like. I don't even know where my feet are, you know, like that. So we move our bodies, find our bodies. We move our breath to find our spirit there is something outside of me that comes into me that goes back outside of me that comes into me it's not just me like it's not only me there is something else I move my breath to find my spirit and I move my energy to find myself 
right? This is what the yoga practice does for us. Our energy changes. It doesn't yep. matter if we become more, if the energy feels more leaden or heavy. It doesn't matter if the energy feels lifted and bright. In that movement of energy, I see where Susan is. Like I find yeah. myself again, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yes. that those are the practices. Like whatever does that for you. If it's sitting still, if it's taking rest, if it's walking in nature, if it's, you know, doing 108 sun salutations. <laughs> That's how we transform energy. That's how we transform ourselves. That's yeah. how we come back to wholeness. Even if the version of the wholeness is frustration, sorrow, pain, challenge, then that's where we are. We have to be in it. Yeah. Yeah. And just to touch on quickly the notion of coming back into nature, whether it's a literal return to the womb through the settings of sweat lodges, etc., or whether it is walking with your boots through snow, or whether it's walking along the beach. I was so immersed in my own tenderness and pain that I wasn't sure I would ever come out until, and I'm going to cry on our podcast, until mm. I got to the ocean. And it wasn't an empty beach, and no, I didn't throw myself in the water, but I stood there and took in the immensity and the beauty of our world. And that was healing in and of itself. I don't know what I healed from or what I healed into, but just being at the edge of the ocean and understanding a little bit about my place in this world was mm -hmm. enormously cathartic. Yeah. So being in nature is important. You know, it, it helps us return to ourselves. Through nature, because we're not separate Gaia. from it, because we are. I think this this is the biggest. This is the uh, probably right. of all times and epochs of the Earth's, be you know Earth's history. We are farthest removed from that. I, I don't mean necessarily you and I, but the you know culture and we have yes, become so far removed, and that's also why the destruction continues to happen and the. In, inability to see that you know if we use continue to use plastic or whatever it might be so it's this you know it's this sort of right the only way to to know that is to immerse oneself in it and and we are we are blessed those of us who live close to nature or have the opportunity to walk and swim and walk right. a beach and all of those things. There are many yeah. human beings right now who don't have that, who live in cities, who live in high-rise buildings, who are, you know, whose connection right. to nature is is something that would would be, there would be quite a lot of obstacles to overcome to get to that place. But, but the truth is they, in the concrete building, they breathe in the air. You know, there is air outside. They could, you know, 
we are nature. So we're not separate. And, and how do we, you know, the more we do to give people that experience or to, yeah, or to, to shine, yeah. shine that perspective, the less we will, the less we will harm the planet because we're harming ourselves. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yes. This whole notion of, yeah, this whole notion of being, of how we treat our bodies is how we treat our planet came home to me years ago. I was behind someone who was eating, I won't call a name, but eating fast food from that place that has golden arches. (laughs) And I know they were doing that because while after or during their munch down, they rolled down the window and threw garbage out. And I thought, well, you're putting garbage and shit in your body. So, of course, you'll throw garbage Mm. and shit out on the world because your disregard for what's going on inside of you is how you treat the external world. You're disregarding what you do externally. So that was a big, you know, and and it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Yeah, And again, I mean, that's a, a disregard for Gaia on such a level is you know just this the fact that that even exists in the world it's not so much the individual's issue it's the fact that that something like that exists has to do with the patriarchy again <laughs> just just just, a, just money yeah power and money yeah. unfortunately <laughs> i want to say this I want to say the static patriarchy or the static masculine because the dynamic masculine, we have to have the dynamic masculine to heal this world as well. We need dynamic feminine, but we also need dynamic masculine energy, the two of them working together to heal this world. So it's just that the feminine has been repressed and suppressed for, mm, what, 4,000, 5,000 years now. So mm-hmm. we're reemerging. Yeah. I want to, first of all, acknowledge how grateful I am that you shared your vulnerability and tears with us today. I think that's super important. And I... I will close with this short poem of Clarissa Pinkola Estes. It's not the one that you're thinking of, although if any of our listeners aren't following her, I hope you will. That we were born for this passage is out there a lot right now. We are, are, we were (laughs) born for this exact time and engagement and her encouragement to show up as yourself and keep showing up. There's another poem of hers, You Could Be the Water, which is, you know, a moving and celebratory and encouraging passage as well. But she's doing active work, getting translators at the, you know, borderlands to help refugees uh, here in the United States at at our southern borders and also in Ukraine, Poland, and et cetera. She's organizing and, and doing work in this world that is so powerful and meaningful. And if anyone is not already aware of her books and writings and 
power, I, I do encourage you to go look. Clarissa Pinkolastis. This one, she says, we pray for ourselves because we still stand and because we are many and much ourselves. We pray to be steady like the many lodgepole pines who withstand much in high winds, bending, limber, hair flying, trunk creaking, but not breaking. We pray because we are a decent people. We pray that whatever others say that is not decent, whatever others do that is not decent, can have no part of us, seizes no part of us, infects no part of us, poisons no part of us. We remember the living forest holds the mountain to this earth. The living forest holds the waters to their beds. And most of all, most of all, my babies, the living forest transmutes poison into oxygen for all. We pray because we are that living forest. We are a living, walking forest in full force because we are a decent, loving people. Mm. So powerful. Thank you. Thank you. T, you got anything? Well, you I do. Close and it, with? it departs a little bit. And so I'm a little, it, it doesn't depart. It's, it's a more sort of what I would call contemporary. My sister sent me this poem for my birthday, and it's, it's her, her dear friend who has become a published poet. And I just loved it. And I just feel like for, I think the reason I want to read it is just because of Gaia of being of mother, but of, of this mothering that we can all do, whether we are a mother to biological children or not, but just this, it's such a sweet, such sweet images. I was thinking of my mother. I will kick off my worn out boots and step into your quiet room. I will lean in close and rest my tired eyes upon your beaming face. I will drop my heavy case, take off my old crown, undo my fading gown. You will revive me with olives and cheese. Pour some wine, ask if I've traveled with ease. I will drink you in, high priestess of the sacred kitchen. Later we'll share a cake of poppy seed and lemon. You might ask if we should eat dinner at eight or seven. In the pink dust, we will sip verbena tea by the pool. As the moon rises and the long afternoon cools, I may ask, what should I do? Or, what do you think of these shoes? And what your answer is neither here nor there, for it is your love which bears me high up in the evening air, never subject to wear and tear. It will never tarnish, fade, or need new varnish. I am welcome here in this sphere without my disguises, my empty prizes, safe in the glow of your grace. Whichever version of myself I unpack from my case. In the morning after we wake, we will take the old baskets down to the orange grove in the fields below, then to the secret garden where the wild iris grows. 
you will ask, how did you sleep? And shouldn't you put warmer socks on your feet? And we will begin again. And we will begin again. <laughs> Lovely. And we will Lovely. begin again. So <laughs> we'll return and we'll start all yeah. over again. So I have one more thing to share. And it's a point. So <laughs> the, asking us to read poetry yeah. is like asking us to breathe. At any rate, this is called. This is called, this is called the Great Turning, which you know stays with return, returno, but the Great Turning, and this is mm. by Christine Fry. You asked me to tell you of the Great Turning, of how we saved the world from disaster. The answer is both simple and complex. We turned. For hundreds of years, we had turned away as life on Earth grew more precarious. We turned away from the homeless man on the streets, from the stench of our rivers, the children orphaned in Iraq, the mothers dying of AIDS in Africa. We turned away because that is what we had been taught, to turn away from our own pain, from the hurt in another's eyes, from the drunken father or the friend betrayed. We were always told in actions louder than words to turn away, turn away. And so we became a lonely people, caught up in a world moving too quickly, too mindlessly towards its own demise. Until it seemed as if there was no safe place to turn, no place inside or out that did not remind us of fear or terror, despair and loss, anger and grief. Yet, on one of those days, someone did turn, turn to face their own pain, turn to the face of the stranger, turned to look at the smoldering world and the hatred seething in too many eyes, turned to face himself, herself, and then another turned, and another and another, and as they wept, they took each other's hands until whole groups of people were turning, young and old, gay and straight, people of all colors, all nations, all religions, turning not only to the pain and hurt, but to the beauty, the gratitude, and the love, turning to one another with forgiveness and a longing for peace, in our own hearts. So we turn. So we end with the realization that the answer is both simple and complex. You turn, you pay attention to your own body, you breathe, and you breathe in rubble and fire alarms, and you breathe out green grass and children laughing. Because we are a decent and loving people, Yes. So mote it be. Because we are decent and loved people. So, so mote it, it be. be. So thank you for joining us. And breathing in and breathing out seems to be the best thing to always do. It's a good start anyway. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, mamas. Love you both. Love you, too. And I just want to in interject that the poem I read was by Natasha Dahlenberg.
because it's important to say oh, the thank name. You. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Blessings. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to Virginia McKinney, Tamara Sheen, and me, Susan Madden-Cox. We're three crones on a mission to stimulate meaningful conversations to create radical change and to provide a safe and soothing sanctuary for women. Be sure to download to listen, check the show notes for good links, and follow us on Instagram at Three Crones Podcast. We want to hear from you, so send us your ideas, questions, and mind fires. Until next time.